At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is the look at on Beast and the Sports Bank Network. Greg Peterson holding down for Scott Seidenberg tonight. Hopefully, for those of you guys who are out there on the East Coast, had a very nice Fourth of July. If you're out here in lovely Las Vegas, you're probably listening to me while you're also listening to a bunch of fireworks. I wound up having a lot of those go off as I was coming into work, and it certainly is a lot of fun. Always one of the best holidays of the year. Just good time in general. Weather isn't. Super duper cold, unlike what we wind up getting more towards the actual true anti air quotes here holidays. So, always one of those good times of year where you get to watch baseball, you get to eat some brats, burgers, hot dogs, what have you. And for those of you guys who are betting on the hot dog eating contest, if you want to take an under on Joey Chessa, you were able to get there as well. So, we've got a lot to talk about in these next three hours as we're going to be joined in 30 minutes by Jason Weingarten. He does a great job over here at the network with the wine. Wide world of Wine Garden. He does a great job with that podcast and is a man that does a great job just tracking so many markets out there in Major League Baseball. As right now, that is a big sport that's going down with us getting prepared for college football, the NFL, the NBA offseason is certainly in full swing. And we're going to be taking a look at that market as well with billions and billions of dollars being thrown around over the last seven days and guys requesting a lot of trades. So we're going to be hitting upon that as well. But Going to be talking a lot of baseball throughout the night tonight. Getting you guys set for a great Tuesday of action. As also joining me, Justin Perry. He does a great job with Odds Checker. He's going to be joining me in about 90 minutes. 11.30 p.m. Pacific time. If you're out there on the East Coast, 2.30 a.m. And then we're going to be going with a little bit of something different in the second hour as well. Tanner McGrath. He does a great job over there at Action Network. He's someone that specializes quite a bit when it comes to being able to take a look at Miami Marlins games and We've got Sandy Alcantara on the mound for Tuesday. So we'll be asking him about Mr. Alcantara, his perhaps candidacy for the Cy Young Award, how he's gauging that game, and take a look at the realm of baseball as well. So we've got a lot coming up in these next three hours, and we're not going to talk about this too much because I'm sure that there are some of you guys that might have bet it, but you couldn't stomach to watch it. But in the hot dog eating contest, you did wind up having Joy Chesson be able to get it done. He winds up eating 64 hot dogs, which I know that a lot of places with regards to his over-under, they set it right around 74 and a half was pretty much that market-wide number that I was seeing. Maybe he wound up getting something a tad bit different, but on taking the under, he wound up being able to get there because a protester round wound up running onto the stage. He wound up hitting the protester and or just sort of shoving the 
protests are away and continue to eat hot dogs, which is about one of the most American things I've ever seen in my life. It was absolutely tremendous to be able to take a look there. But you've always got just a lot going down with regards to the 4th of July. And now it becomes sort of that time of year in which baseball winds up coming center stage. We wound up seeing some great games that wound up going down on Monday. And if you're taking a look at baseball right now, what we've been noticing is that underdogs are starting to make a little bit of a comeback. And I think that it's very touch and go when it comes to being able to bet baseball because it's a little bit more of a trend-oriented sport because whenever you wind up seeing like a big run of unders, and we've seen quite a few unders the last two days in Major League Baseball, you wind up seeing nearly a two-thirds rate to the under over the last, I will call it, two days or so. So we have been seeing quite a few of those. But with that said, when you wind up seeing like a bunch of unders, you probably are going to be expecting bookmakers to adjust those numbers. And after you see the bookmakers shade those numbers up and or down, depending upon if you're seeing more overs and unders, good to be able to wind up then seeing the trends that is going on and seeing, all right, we were seeing a bunch of nines a little bit earlier. Now with all these unders, we are now seeing a bunch of eights, eight and a halves. And then you wind up being able to take some overs on those eight, eight and a halves and it can be very profitable. I've noticed this just year in and year out with being able to gauge Major League Baseball. When everyone zigs, being able to zag, that is something that works out very well for you. And we're see, starting to see the underdogs wind up being able to make a little bit of a run as well. We're going to be talking a little bit about the Miami Marlins a little bit later on in, second, in the second hour. But they open up a favorite. They close an underdog despite the fact that Juan Soto, really the top hitter for the Washington Nationals, a guy that... We're going to call it what it is. He's having a rough year, but he was the top player of the Nationals in terms of home runs coming into this game. He was ruled out because he wound up getting injured on Sunday, yet the Miami Marlins went from about a minus 115 favorite on the open to right around an even money pick sort of price on the close. They wind up being able to get it done. You wind up seeing the Chicago Cubs, if it wasn't for a three-run walk-off homer, probably would have been able to cover that number at the very least on the run line. We wind up seeing it a little bit later on in the night with the Arizona Diamondbacks being able to get the job done against the San Francisco Giants, a Giants team that has been a little bit mediocre recently. You've got the Oakland A's and the San Diego Padres as well that were able to come through. And I think that it is so important that when you're betting on these teams and when you're gauging just profitability and not profitability, that you sort of want to be taking a look at just the prices themselves and being able to take a look at units won and units lost when it comes to trustworthy slash not trustworthy teams. And I always wind up going to this team when it comes to being able to gauge how you want to be able to play a team moving forward. And that would be the LA Dodgers because the LA Dodgers are exhibit A as to why when you are betting baseball, you don't want to just take a look at the raw record. And this really applies for a little bit of everything, whether it be with your bets, whether it be what, whether it be for being able to gauge a team just on a night in and night out basis. But if you bet the LA Dodgers, in every one of their games thus far this season. And it's an L.A. Dodgers team that has now been able to get to 50 wins. 45 of them have been by two-plus runs, so they've been able to do a nice job of being able to cover the run line. You'd be down right around $500 to $600, depending upon your closing numbers. If you bet the L.A. Dodgers just on the money line in every single one of their games. Meanwhile, if you wind up taking a look at the run line in all these games, as I alluded to a little bit earlier, in 50 of their wins thus far this season, 45 have been by multiple runs. 
you would be up money right now. And if you want it betting on a team with a losing record in the Baltimore Orioles, they want it being able to get it done in extra innings against the Texas Rangers on Monday. They're currently sitting at 37 and 44. If you bet them on the money line in every single one of their games, you are up over $400 as well. So I do think that that's something that is just so important to take a look at in terms of Major League Baseball. And there are guys that they're a little bit more profitable and they're a little bit less profitable for you with regards to starting pitchers. The old mantra winds up going in Major League Baseball, momentum is as good as your next starting day pitcher. And when it comes to some of these guys that have really been able to make you a lot of money thus far this season, they're on teams and they're guys that you wouldn't necessarily expect. If you bet $100 on these five starters, you'd be up more than any other pitchers out there in the big leagues. These are the five guys that have made you at least $550 if you bet on every one of their starts on the money line in every one of their games. Martin Perez, having a very nice season with the Texas Rangers. You bet on him in all 16 of his starts, give or take a little bit, because closing numbers are going to vary. If you wind up using Book X rather than Book Y, you might be up like $50 more, you might be down like $50 more, because that's just the way the closing lines wind up working, especially Major League Baseball. You typically don't wind up finding a very clean consensus. You're going to find a couple pennies of variance, but if you bet on Martin Perez in all 16 of his starts thus far this season, you're up $851. James Satayan, you bet on him in all 15 of his starts, you're up $739. Now that one makes sense. The New York Yankees, they've been off to an absolutely amazing start to the season. Jameis Tatayan has really not walked a soul for this team. So you'd expect a lot of New York Yankee starters to be making a lot of money. But Graham Ashcraft, for the Cincinnati Reds, eight starts this year. If you bet them on the money line in every single one of them, you're up $663. That is a return on investment that is absolutely insane. And then Logan Gilbert of the Seattle Mariners and Joe Musgrove round out the top five with this. So I do think that it just really speaks to this underlying point. When it comes to even Major League Baseball, a money line sport, you're still not just betting on teams, you're betting numbers. And I think that that is so important. And I think that it's even bigger when it comes to totals as well, because you're just noticing it in Major League Baseball. There aren't a lot of games that they wind up actually landing on these totals. You're going to find a lot of like eight and a half. So you're going to find a lot of nines. You're going to find in a good pitching matchup, a 7.5 to an 8 in a really bad pitching matchup. We're seeing this open up at Circa for the San Francisco Giants and the Arizona Diamondbacks game that's going to be coming up on Tuesday. You're noticing a 10 out there, but when it comes to a lot of these games, you're noticing that you're not going to find a lot of these winding up landing on the total. So rather than going up and getting, let's say that the total consensus is an 8.5 with the juice on the under at a minus 120, instead being able to get an 8 at perhaps like a plus 105 on the under, even money. Long term, I think that that is a very profitable decision to make. It's something that I've done a lot personally with being able to bet baseball now for the last few seasons. I've always been a fan of being able to take even money slash plus money on these totals. And you just wind up seeing that winding up getting laid out on Monday as well. You really saw one game that the closing line, it really wanted coming into play. That'd be the Minnesota Twins and the Chicago White Sox. If you wound up laying the minus 125 on the under of 9.5 as it opened up at 9, you were able to get a little bit of a nice break because that's a game that wound up going to extra innings. You had a big giant calamity, and the game winds up landing 6-3. But something like, for example, Tampa Bay Rays and the Boston Red Sox, one that I wrote up for DK Nation that I like the under on, opened up at 10.5, closed at 9.5. Unless if you wound up getting 3.5, this wound up going under as that was a 4-0 game. You wound up seeing it in terms of like, the Texas Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles in eight and a half total. 
seven to six. You just don't typically wind up finding a lot of like five to three games on a total in which it's ranging between eight and eight and a half. If you wind up finding that eight to eight and a half, it's probably going to be something like a four to one game, or you could wind up finding something like a 12 to two game where you would have needed the total to be at like 15 and a half in order to be able to get the under. So I always think that that's something so interesting with regards to Major League Baseball because when it's all said and done, a lot of these teams, they do wind up averaging for the year right around like four runs per game, a little bit more, a little bit less. And yet you wind up seeing these totals winding up being all over the place. And I do think that that's just big for being able to gauge Major League Baseball. And I think because the show is a look at, we should be looking at to some games for Tuesday. So we're going to be doing that next. We've got all 30 Major League Baseball teams going to be in play on Tuesday. And I try to give you guys as many picks on these games as possible for Tuesday right here on the look at on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. This is the look ahead. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of the look at it is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. It is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, tipper vapes. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and they're available in 10 varieties and come in two strengths. So that way, you can easily find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch and it's available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit Zinn.com slash find the located store nearest you. That is ZYN.com slash find. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. Nicotine, it is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, filling in for Scott Seidenberg tonight. And talked about in the first segment, what we're all seeing in baseball and always having that mantra of you are betting on numbers rather than teams. And how about if we wind up taking that approach and we wind up starting to take a look at this board for Tuesdays. How about if we wind up going with the earliest game out there, 925-926. The San Diego Padres, they're going to be playing us to the Seattle Mariners. As Logan Gilbert, one of those most profitable pitchers I was talking about a few minutes ago, he's going to be going for Seattle. Mike Clevenger on the bump for the Padres. Padres are finding themselves anywhere in the neighborhood of a minus 120 to a minus 130 favorite. Meanwhile, for Seattle, it's anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. And your total, it is ranging between 7 and 7.5. If you're finding a 7, juice is going to be on the over. If you're finding a 7.5, the juice is going to be on the under. And for Logan Gilbert, this guy has been absolutely masterful all season long. And he's playing for a Mariners team that they have been certainly bereft of a lot in terms of just firepower on offense. Now, this is going to be a day game for the San Diego Padres. And it's a little bit of a rarity to wind up having a day game on Tuesday that isn't out there in Wrigley Field. So, 
little bit of a strange circumstance there, but I do think that that is of a little bit of importance because when you wind up getting these West Coast Day games, like out there in Oakland, San Diego, Los Angeles, Seattle, list goes on and on, the ball typically does wind up flying out a little bit more rather than when you wind up having a night game, especially Oakland. I mean, in Oakland night game, you're just not going to have any sort of forgiveness whatsoever if you don't hit that ball just perfectly. But that said, Logan Gobert has really been able to get to work, has been able to do an amazing job for the Seattle Mariners team. He overall has an ERA that's a tad bit lower on the road rather than at home, hovering right around 2-3 on the road is his ERA. And then you do take a look at Mike Levendry. He's by far coming off his best start of the season. Six scoreless innings against the Arizona Diamondbacks gave up just one hit in that start as well. And for this Padres team, it has been a case in which Mike Clevenger has really been able to stabilize things a little bit more while missing the entirety of the 2020 season due to injury. And it's been a little bit touch and go for him thus far this season, but I liked what I saw from him there and for Seattle. What I do think is also going to be a little bit of a case study, and it's a question that I have with this team. How sustainable is their bullpen pitching that we've been able to see over the last three days? Because this team was a hot mess towards the beginning of the season with regards to their bullpen. Drew Seckenrider, one of the guys that was so paramount in them being able to win 90-plus games despite their bad run differential last season. He was so bad this year that he wound up getting DFA'd. You wound up having Sergio Romo just turn out to be a big, giant bus-a-rooney for this team. I mean, you're able to go down the list of calamities for the Seattle Mariners team, but over the last three days, 268 bullpen ERA. The only team with a better bullpen ERA in that time span, that would be the New York Yankees, and that's pulled the Seattle Mariners up to the top half of the big leagues in terms of their bullpen ERA. Meanwhile, for the San Diego Padres, they've been able to catch some fire with regards to their bullpen as well, 315 ERA. That is number four in the big leagues in this time span. So both of these teams have been very trustworthy and have been lights out in terms of the bullpen, so you're able to feel good about that, but you take a look at the underlying numbers. The fielding independent of the Seattle Mariners bullpen is actually higher than that of the San Diego Padres, and you feel like this is a Mariners team that they've gotten a little bit lucky in terms of the contact that they've given up, especially with regards to the bullpen, so that is a bit of an issue, and they're also dealing with an injury to their top hitter in Ty France. Someone who's been able to write around a 315 for the team, 45 RBI, still currently on the injured list. They did wind up getting J.P. Crawford back from suspension on Monday, and we did wind up seeing the Seattle Mariners really be able to bust out on offense on Monday with Julio Rodriguez being able to get another home run. He has been tremendous. He and Eugenio Suarez both have been able to give you at least 13 home runs, but you don't have a lot of guys that are able to get on base for the Seattle Mariners team as you've got guys like Dylan Moore, Cal Raleigh, Abraham Toro at the bottom of the fold, being below the Bidos line of 200. And for the San Diego Padres, it's been a offense that has been so intriguing to take a look at because they've been able to do a nice job of being able to generate runs on the road. As a matter of fact, they are a top five offense on the road thus far this season at home because it is such a pitcher-friendly ballpark and because they do wind up playing a lot of their games during the nighttime. It has been an offense that has been averaging right around 3.7 runs per game when they've been at home, which is nearly a full point or a full run and a half fall off from what they wind up getting when they are on the road. And Manny Machado, he and Luke Voigt are the only two guys in this lineup that will be able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. But you'll notice that guys like Jerickson Profar, along with Jose Azucar, have been able to pick it up. They've been able to give the team a batting average of 245 or greater. Trent Grisham wound up having a cataclysmically bad start to the season. I don't make much out of it, but he did wind up getting a ninth-inning home run for this team. And for the Padres, they do have the better closer in this game, and Taylor Rogers, the guy that has been able to give this team over 20-plus saves 
I do think that this would be a spot in which I'd be taking a look at a little bit of late night line movement because right now what I'd be taking a look at would be being able to get or yeah, being able to lay a run and F with the San Diego Padres. I would need at least a plus 160 to be able to take a shot there. You're getting right around a plus 165, and I do think that it is entirely possible that the Mariners wind up losing this game by multiple runs. They have been a team that over the last two years, they've got one of the best win percentages in one-run games, and when they wind up having games that wind up being rather convincing, they don't necessarily do such a great job there. So they're a team that, with regards to being able to get that protection of being able to win by one run when you wind up taking the opponent, it's not necessarily there with them. But I do think that it's a case of where does this line wind up moving overnight? Because if you wind up getting the Potteries down to about a minus 120, I think that you've got good value there. Meanwhile, if this is a case of which the Seattle Mariners, which a lot of places have them between about a plus 110 to a plus 115, if this gets up to a plus 120, if this winds up getting up a little bit above that, I do think that there's some good value there. So I do think that being able to gauge a late night line movement is going to be important on this one because I personally want up making on my handicap, the San Diego Padres, a minus 122 favorite. I'm seeing a straight minus 120, and that'd be my look here as of right now, being able to lay a minus 120 with regards to San Diego Padres. But right now, I'm going to be trying to gauge this line, and I do like this total under. I wound up setting it at a 6.7. I feel like it's 7 or higher. You've got good value here, and we're even starting to see some 7 halves be able to circulate as well. So I'm taking a look at it under in this spot. And right now I'd be looking at a minus 120 with the San Diego Padres. But again, this is one in which I'm going to be taking a look at a little bit of late night line movement. I think that that is so big in terms of Major League Baseball. You're just not going to see any of these lines wind up staying stagnant. You are going to see a few games in which you're going to have a little bit more line movement than others. Like, for instance, the doubleheader that we wound up seeing on Monday between the Cleveland Guardians and the Detroit Tigers. You wind up seeing that line hit the board very, very late. And typically, if you wind up seeing something drastic in game one, which we really didn't wind up seeing anything too outrageous in game one, but typically when you do, you'll notice that a lot of people, they're going to wind up taking whatever team wound up losing in game one, and they're going to bet on them in game two. And if you tried doing that on Monday, that was not successful. The Detroit Tigers wound up winning both of those games, and both of those games did wind up going under the total. So if you were looking for a little bit of a zigzag, theory there that did not wind up panning out and I do think that it's important to not wind up taking really much of a zigzag theory when it comes to Major League Baseball I understand that there is riding slash fading streaks we wound up seeing this with the Atlanta Braves a little bit earlier in the season where the Atlanta Braves I think that they ran their win streak to 14 games when it was super duper hot in the early to mid part of June but certainly one of those things in which you want to be being able to gauge the spot and I do think that you want to be adjusting your numbers a little bit more as well because you wind up having some teams that are white hot and you do wind up having some teams that they wind up coming in just as cold as an igloo and I do think that there's something to that like for instance the Houston Astros they've been able to get on a nice little hot streak they've now been able to win I believe now 10 out of their last 12 games with being able to take down the Kansas City Royals on Monday and after they wound up getting down 5-0 to zero because Jake Odorizzi did not wind up giving them a relatively solid start meanwhile with a team like the Washington Nationals that we're going to be seeing on Tuesday. That's a bunch of which. To say that they're not great to start with is very, very accurate. And on top of that, they have been mired in quite a bit of losing recently as well. So that makes a bad situation just all the more worse. So I will say, in terms of Major League Baseball right now, we're not seeing any sort of ridiculous streaks other than perhaps the Chicago White Sox. And what they've been able to do, it's been a little bit up and down for them. And to that point, the San Francisco Giants a team that has now lost five straight games after they wound up losing to the Arizona Diamondbacks 
by a count of 8-2-3 on Monday. And that's a bunch of which you want to try to be able to gauge something that you really can't find on a spreadsheet. Just the meaning that Buster Posey wound up having to that pitching rotation, that is paramount right now. There's a big reason why the San Francisco Giants went from having the best bullpen area in the big leagues last season to being below average in terms of bullpen area this season, despite the fact that a lot of the guys that were there last season, they are back for this season. And Buster Posey just shows how big having a veteran and a very experienced catcher is. So always be taking a look at that. And a man that does a great job of being able to unearth some great just betting trends in general. A man that does a great job being able to gauge the futures market and does a great job day in and day out being able to handicap baseball. That'd be Jason Weingarten. He does a great job with the wide world of Weingarten podcast here at the network. And he is going to be joining me next right here on the look at on Beeson, the sports betting network. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. The VSN Summer Special is here for just $19. You get everything that VSN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll be able to get VSN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke and his MLB daily best bets. Plus, we've got you covered in terms of NFL preseason coverage, premium articles as well on golf. UFC and NASCAR, and if you want the full VEASAN experience, which includes a daily best bets email, every single edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and live video streaming whenever you want it, costs is just $19 to be a subscriber, now through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer, as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to be joined by our guest, Jason Weingarten. He does a great job here at the network with one of our best podcasts, the wide world of Weingarten. You're able to catch that wherever you get your podcast, and a man that does a great job being able to take a look at the baseball scene in general. You're able to follow me on Twitter at Spreadopedia. And Jason, great to have you aboard tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. How's it going? It's going great. And Jason, it has been such an interesting year in terms of Major League Baseball thus far. And I know that you do a great job of being able to take a look at the futures market. Has there been anything over the last week or two that has really caught your eye and you've decided to fire on? You know, I think uh, Michael Harris has looked good in the, the NL Rookie of the Year race. There were still some nice numbers out on him. He's uh, down about four to one now, but I've been uh, I've been adding a little bit more to my uh, my Harris position. And uh, you know, I think uh, you know I talk about Otani all, all the time. Obviously, I've I've added uh, I've added some more there selectively. Um, and then Julio Rodriguez, he, he seems to really be, uh, coming into his own in the AL, AL race. And I'm pretty happy with, uh, with my position there, but he's, uh, he's really starting to turn it on. Yep. With Julio Rodriguez, another home run on Monday guy has been absolutely insane. And one of the best base dealers that you're able to find out there in the major leagues as well. So I'm in total agreement with you. And when it comes to Shoei Otani, is there any concern that the angels, Call what it is, they wound up having a big fall off ever since they wound up getting 10 games above 500. But is there any concern that if the Angels wind up falling out of this wild card race, they wind up having another below 500 season that that could wind up hurting him in terms of the American League MVP race? Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm definitely worried when I kind of made a list of all the things that can happen and all the ways that I could lose. Definitely one of the the easiest ways to lose would be the Angels just you know absolutely falling out of contention and 
you know, there, there's still a lot of, a lot of season left at this point. So, um, the angels have, have time to, uh, definitely get back into that wild card race. But, uh, the, the thing that, that, you know, I kind of keep going back and forth on is the, the market is so convinced that Aaron judge is the favorite, but how much better is Aaron judge than Jordan Alvarez is he even better than him. Um, I, I kind of lean towards Alvarez being ahead of judge right now. I think the market's just weighing judge too, too heavily as the favorite. Yeah, but I think that a lot of it as well just goes to the Yankees' record and the record itself, the way that they've just gotten off to this blistering pace. But even to your point, Anthony Rizzo on that same roster, I believe that he now has 22 home runs for the season as well. That's seven fewer than Aaron Judge. So certainly has been a lot of home runs being hit out there in the American League. And when it comes to the American League, I think that we've got some fascinating pitchers that are going to be on the board for Tuesday. And I don't know what your thoughts are with regards to being able to backslash fade guys coming off the injured list, but we've got a game in which we've got two guys that are going to be coming off the injured list and Nick Lodolo along with Max Scherzer. I think that we both agree Max Scherzer is a little bit more of your known and tried to true commodity here, but when it comes to guys in general coming off the injured list, is there a way that you wind up approaching this? Because I typically am one that I love fading guys coming off the injured list in their first start. Obviously, this is a case in which you either have to backslash fade one of these guys coming off the injured list if you're looking to bet the Mets versus the Reds game. But I've always been fascinated by this. So I just want to get your thoughts as to if you wind up ever having any sort of a philosophy or way that you wind up playing these sorts of spots with guys coming off the injured list. Well, you can typically look at the rehab starts, and there's usually one or two at least at the AAA level before a guy comes back. Um, and you can get a, a good idea of how healthy he is from, from the rehab starts and how he was pitching uh, a guy like Scherzer. I'm not super worried about he, he's going to, you know, come back and do, do what he always does. But, uh, typically I, I look at the rehab starts to see how they were doing, um, you know, at the triple a level. And shout out to Max Scherzer for providing for the double a rumble ponies. Apparently they wound up getting a very nice dinner off of him along with some AirPods. So, Good guy right there, but that said, I'm in total agreement with you, and I do think that it is very important to take a look at what a guy wound up doing at AAA, and speaking of what a guy wound up doing at AAA, this is an intriguing game for Tuesday as well. Texas Rangers, Baltimore Orioles, right now we're finding in a lot of spots, the Rangers, a slightest of slight favorites, right around a minus 110 in a lot of spots. I think that at DraftKings, you're seeing the Orioles as a slight favorite, but relatively tight line here. Got a guy in Spencer Howard that he's going to be making his fourth start of the season, but first start ever since April because he wound up getting demoted to AAA and did look good in his last AAA start, but being able to gauge these guys that they wind up going up and down from AAA to the majors, back down to AAA, back up to the majors, I always think that this is intriguing. I'm not sure if you've got any sort of a read in terms of Rangers versus Orioles, but I'm always of the proponent with someone like a Spencer Howard that I need to see it before I can believe it at the big league level when you've had a couple of opportunities and haven't necessarily been able to take advantage of them. I think I think Howard had 11 strikeouts in his last start at AAA, so he's uh, definitely pitching well at the moment. I do think I'll probably end up betting on the Orioles. I was on the Orioles today, and my initial idea was that I was probably going to bet them again tomorrow. It wouldn't surprise me if I end up making that bet overnight. Yep, I'm actually with you. I'll be doing a little bit of a write-up for this one. I am certainly 
all aboard this Baltimore Orioles team. An Orioles team that if you bet on them every single game this season, despite the fact that they have a losing record, just because you're getting good money line prices, you'd be up a couple hundred bucks for the season with $100 money line bets. And I do think that when it comes to Baltimore Orioles, it's just such an intriguing case study with regards to the team as well, because the starting pitching, you've got some shakiness with regards to it, but when you take a look at the bullpen of the Baltimore Orioles, it's been very stark. And I think that it does wind up making betting on slash fading teams like the Baltimore Orioles, Detroit Tigers, Texas Rangers, a trio of teams out there in the American League with a losing record, just all the more tricky because even though these teams have losing records, even though these teams don't necessarily have the greatest starters in the world, they've had some really good bullpens and it has led to some profitable spots with regards to these three teams. Yeah, I think uh, I think those three teams are all separate, separate different stages of their rebuilds. But the uh, the Orioles are definitely the furthest along at this point, and they're uh, they've been bad for so long. They're finally starting to be good again. Yep, and the Detroit Tigers are going to be throwing out their Drew Hutchinson on Tuesday. That's not necessarily the guy that you want to be taking a look at right now. And when it comes to what you've all fired in on ice, I know that you do a great job of being able to take a look at a lot of overnights, Jason. Is there anything that you wound up being able to fire in on, or is this a little bit more of a wait and see with regards to the card for Tuesday? You know, I like uh, I like the Pirates tomorrow. I think uh, getting a pretty big number there against the Yankees, like like over 2-1 to one right now is what I saw last time I checked. But uh, I think the, the Yankees are going to be a super popular play tomorrow, I'm going to bet. A little bit on the Pirates tonight, and I'll probably bet them again tomorrow. I, I don't necessarily think this line is going to move a ton. It's not like anybody really wants to play the Pirates, but I will be playing the Pirates. Yeah, I can't blame you there. Jose Quitana has been one of the more underrated starters out there in the big leagues, and I think that this is a little bit of an interesting angle as well with this game because you got Jameson Tyon. He wanted pitching for many years with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Because this is an interleague matchup, I believe that this is the first time that he's squaring off against his former team in the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, I mean, you've got two schools of thought. The uh, starter in Jamison Tyon, he knows quite a few of these batters. He knows sort of their likes and dislikes, what have you. And then you've got the batters that they know what Jamison Tyon is able to throw as well. I'm not sure if you wind up gauging these games a little bit more differently, but I do think that it's always very interesting because you can go one of two ways and it feels like you either wind up being just really, really right or really, really wrong. And we don't see a lot of in between in these starts. Yeah. You know, uh, playing, playing a team like that when you were, you were there for a while could, could always, um, you know, be a little challenging, but I, I don't think, uh, I, there's a lot of reasons why I like Jameson Tyon. It's mostly, this is mostly just a, a bet on on Pittsburgh just just getting an inflated number, um, which you frequently get against the Yankees, especially right now with them being so good. Yeah, this has been a Yankees team that has been an absolute machine, but they don't compare to the machine that is Jason Weingarten. You do an absolutely great job, my friend, and you do absolutely amazing work with the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. Always do appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you later. Jason does an absolutely incredible job with his podcast, as I mentioned, The Wide World of Wine Garden, and you're able to subscribe to that podcast, review your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on, and we're going to be talking a lot of baseball right here on the look at in hours number two and hour number three, but we've got to close out our, our number one, talking a little bit about the NFL. I wound up having 
a little bit of banter with the guys behind the scenes with regards to this conference. And I think it's worth a little bit of a deep dive next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge. Present- At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. ...by Blue Moon to be able to compete for free for cash all season long. Enter into weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to be able to join in on the action. Blue Moon, made brighter. 21 years or older, other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions. Do apply to DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do drink responsibly. Yes, it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, holding it down for Scott Seidenberg on this out here on the West Coast, 4th of July. For those of you guys out there on the East Coast, well, it's now the 5th of July, but a big thanks to Jason Weingarten, host of the Wide World of Wine Garden podcast. He joined me in the last segment, taking a look at some baseball. And have no fear for all of you baseball lovers. We're going to be hitting upon America's pastime all throughout the night, but you've got to take a look forward to the NFL season as well. And I was talking with my wonderful producer, Brian Ortega, just before we wound up having Jason Weingarten on. And Brian has booked out a terrific show, always sells a masterful job, and he has joined me from the Greg Peterson experience for this show tonight. So, Glad to be able to have him aboard. Taylor always gets me set up on audio. He's got everything looking absolutely crisp as all these guys that wind up working behind the scenes over here at Beeson do a terrific job. As You've got my man Oliver. He does a great job posting up all the podcasts of every single hour that we wind up doing here at Beeson. You're able to find it at Beeson.com slash podcast, the Beeson Bets Bets feed. We wind up giving you every single hour of every single show, whether it be the look at, follow the money, a numbers game, we post up all those hours, so if you want to miss anything, you just wind up going to vsin.com slash podcast, Oliver, as you covered there. And then my man Andrew, he was visiting the Wapan, I believe, City Fair last week or a few weeks ago. And, well, I am a man that is from the great state of Wisconsin. I am able to just be able to relate to that, and it's always a lot of great fun being able to talk with him. So these guys are the best in the business, so now I need to do my part because they do their part every single time and deliver some profitable and good content in general. And we were talking a little bit behind the scenes about this NFC West. And I think the team that is most conflicting, and I feel like the team that either people wind up putting in a little bit too much or a little bit too little regard, that'd be the San Francisco 49ers. I've always found it interesting because right now you've got quite a bit of question mark 
with this team. And the big question mark is that Jimmy G is coming off of pretty much an offseason injury. It is questionable as to when he's going to be able to get back out there, when he's going to be able to throw a football. And there have been some rumors that once he is fully healthy, he may or may not be shopped around a little bit. And I know that there have been a lot of people that say you can't wind up winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. There are a lot of people that they don't want to give Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of credit and things like this. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm in the minority on this, but I've always deemed Jimmy Garoppolo to be a solid quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that Jimmy Garoppolo should be put up there in the same vein as guys that have won Super Bowls. This is certainly not the man that he wound up learning under in Tom Brady or anything like that. But Jimmy Garoppolo, if he winds up making that one pass, and I know that that's one of the biggest arguments, a better quarterback would have been able to make that pass in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. But I mean, he had to seem one pass away from being able to win the Super Bowl. And it's not like this is ancient history. I mean, this was 2020. This was literally a little bit over 24 months ago that he had his team in the Super Bowl with a lead, very nearly was able to pull it off. This is a San Francisco Giants team that they're able to win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, a lot of that is because you do wind up having good weapons around them. The defense is rock solid with this team. They year in and year out always find a way to be able to have their ground game going, even with Raheem Mostert being out of the fold all season long and now being in Miami, they were able to unearth Debo Samuel, and that's a little bit of a situation as well. I know that he's been wanting a new contract. When it's all said and done, day one, I have full confidence that we're going to be seeing Debo Samuel out there on the field. I'm sure that one of the big things with this as well, this winds up going back to what we wound up seeing with Jimmy Graham a few years ago when he was debating that he should be a tight end tight end rather than a wide receiver or a wide receiver rather than a tight end because when it winds up coming to time to wind up getting the franchise tag, you wind up getting a lot more money and you wind up getting a lot more money in general. So I have to think that that's a little bit of something that's happening behind the scenes. But Debo Samuel, I think that he's going to be out there on the field. But if the San Francisco Giants were to go away from Jimmy Garoppolo and they were to go to Trey Lance, Maybe in a few years, I'd feel a little bit more bullish about the San Francisco 49ers. But when it comes to right here, 2022, as I sit here out here on the West Coast, the 4th of July, Jimmy Garoppolo winds up giving the San Francisco Giants the best chance to win. And even in January, I don't think that the leaps that Trey Lance would be able to take with being able to get extra reps, being able to get extra practice with a guy that I would like him more than I would Jimmy Garoppolo. And when it comes to Trey Lance, what I think a lot of people forget about as well is that when he was drafted out of North Dakota State in that final year due to the pandemic, North Dakota State wound up playing one game. And if I remember correctly, that one game was against Central Arkansas. So this guy pretty much did not wind up seeing the field at all in 2021 aside from some stray responsibilities. He was able to see significant action in a few games because Jimmy Garoppolo was uh, the fold for a game or two last season. So it's not like he wound up getting no reps whatsoever. But over the last two years, he has seen very, very limited reps. And the reps that he has received while he was at North Dakota State, shall we say it's not against the world's greatest competition. And we have seen guys against not necessarily the world's greatest competition be able to step up and do solid work. Now, I know that the good old is Joe Flacco elite sort of debate that we wound up having a few years ago, I felt like that was a little bit tongue-in-cheek and Felt like if you were in the camp of is Joe Flacco a lead and you were saying yes, that it was based on a small sample size that we wound up seeing in the postseason. But that's a guy that he wound up going from the College of Delaware, a little bit of a lower level of competition, wound up going to the Baltimore Ravens 
Obviously, his first couple years, he was relying upon Ray Rice when they wound up having him in the fold and Quan Bolden, who wound up doing an amazing job being able to catch passes for him back in the day. But still, you wound up seeing him being able to take off. But it took him a little bit of time as well. He was very much a game manager for his few years. And I mean, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to go out there? And if you're down multiple touchdowns, be able to lead some Herculean comeback and run the two-minute drill to perfection. I would not necessarily be relying upon that, but with the defense that they've got around them, with the weapons that they have around them, Jimmy G, I think, is able to be a very solid quarterback. If we wind up having rankings of the 32 quarterbacks right now, it's a sort of out loud question that I feel like a lot of people would have a wide variety of answers for. Where would you, excuse me, where would you wind up ranking him in terms of the 32 quarterbacks that we wind up having right now? I can't say that I would necessarily have him at a set spot, but I would think somewhere in between right around that 15 to 17 range. He is a competent, average quarterback. Nothing that is overly great. Nothing that is going to wind up causing you a bunch of games. Once again, if you need him to really manufacture some sort of a drive at the end of a game, Maybe not the guy that you wind up winding have out there. He's not a guy that is going to give you a whole bunch of, shall we say, fourth quarter comebacks or anything like that. But when you wind up giving him a good defense and all the weapons that this team has right now, I do think that that's worth a look. And you just take a look in general at the season wins for the San Francisco 49ers. And it's been a little bit all over the map because they are also out there in the West. And I mean, really, both, both of the West divisions When it comes to both the NFC and the AFC, it is just two of the most absolute supreme that we are seeing out there in the NFL that AFC West this season is going to be just a bear in general. But I do think that the San Francisco 49ers, as long as they wind up holding on to Jimmy G, as long as they wind up giving him a chance, I feel much more bullish on them than if they would wind up throwing out their Trey Lance because if they wind up throwing out their Trey Lance, I feel like it might be a little bit too early and Once again, it could be a case of which two to three years from now, yeah, Trey Lance would be able to give this team a little bit of a better chance to be able to win 10 games, which is right now where their season win total is listed at DraftKings. And as a matter of fact, that 10 wins, it's got juice of minus 120. But the way I'd be playing the San Francisco Giants right now is I think that they might have a little bit of value to be able to win the division. I think that they might have a little bit of value in terms of futures markets, certainly on the over of 10 wins, which... I'm actually mistaken. They're actually even money to be able to go over their win total of 10. With Jimmy G out there, I feel good about that win total over. If you wind up throwing it to Trey Lance, I feel absolutely terrible about that. I would think that they would be taking a little bit of a setback in an NFC West that you do wind up having a team in the Seattle Seahawks that well, they're going to be a little bit downtrodden, but you still have the Arizona Cardinals out there. You've got the reigning Super Bowl champions of the, of the Rams and On top of that, a little bit of a tough schedule in general for the San Francisco 49ers. I do think that the quarterback, it makes quite a bit of a difference. And for as much flack as Jimmy G winds up taking, I think that he's a very capable quarterback that does wind up right now as of what we're seeing, excuse me, as of what we're seeing in the NFL gives this team the best chance to win. So just sort of my thoughts there with regards to the San Francisco 49ers. And we've got a lot of thoughts when it comes to Major League Baseball as well every single day. When it comes to DraftKings Nation, I wind up writing up a little bit of an article with regards to a game. So we are going to be going out to the American League and trying to give you guys some winners on this Tuesday MLB card. We're going to be doing that next. Right here on the lookout on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. 
365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <laughs>